we dedicate this episode to the men and women who made the ultimate sacrifice. We honor them by enjoying the freedoms their actions sought to preserve. In this, we set forth this benediction. Here we will keep you, in our minds and our hearts. Where time will never age you, nor will you ever be alone. We will keep you as you were, brave and young, until we see you again, never forgotten. Welcome to the Smoke Pit. What up, though? We're coming to you today with the dulcet tones of an NPR podcast mixed with PTSD. Wah, wah, wah. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> We're back, and we uh, we have a bit more of a somber episode today because we have Memorial Day uh, coming out to, um, tomorrow. That's right. We're going to barbecue and think about our dead friends. Oh, yeah. It's just like, oh, you know how everybody keeps telling me to go outside if you're depressed? Now I'll just be depressed outside. <laughs> But at least you get a 30% discount on everything. <laughs> so you'll yeah. be depressed outside, but with more money in your pocket. Brother, man, I even wish it was 30%. A lot of the things I've been seeing, 20%. Hey, that's this economy, right? They can only care about you so much. Hey, hey, hey look, we can only be this upset about your dead friends, okay? Well, 20%. Don't be greedy. Don't be greedy. Yeah, I mean, we had to spend at least 10% on that and marketing to people about how we care about your dead friends. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I remember... A lot of the cell phone companies came out a little while ago with this big, like, oh, we support the troops campaign. And I, I left a comment that I was just like, hey, maybe take a fraction of this marketing budget and maybe try to improve some of the towers near military bases. Yeah, it would be great if I could, uh, you know, talk to my family and stuff. Yeah, like being in the barracks, you have to have some, like, fucking crazy contraption where you have to, like, open the window and, like, set your fucking boot at a certain angle then put your phone like in the the open mouth of it so it's hanging out of the window with like an earbud going back to you and your rack bro the first time we went to the rifle range and i forget was it like french creek or something oh no stone bay yeah we were out at the stone bay barracks i had to like get i stripped copper wire like this very thin copper wire and i made a a fucking coil in the acoustic paneling in the ceiling and then ran the copper wire down. I had one of those old flip phones with like the extendable yeah. antenna. <laughs> so I pulled the top of the antenna down and I like wrapped the copper wiring into the phone. So I had to let it dangle there. I couldn't like hold it, but I could get a call out. <laughs> I remember uh, I didn't really understand what roaming meant. And this is a little bit before a lot of that became free. I'm going to pre-oof this part of the conversation. Yeah, old PFC Sharp had a $500 phone bill. <laughs> Sweet Christmas. That's your whole paycheck gone. Yeah, basically, you know, like I'm I'm sitting here uh going into overdraft so I can order pizza on the weekend cuz the chow hall is closed for whatever fucking reason. Because of course it is. Yeah, so we um, you know, we we do have a lot to be thankful for in the fact that, you know, despite how shitty life has been, occasionally, you know, we made it through and there are a lot of different philosophies as to how you should spend your Memorial Day. There's, frankly, a lot of condescending uh, posts that you'll see on social media telling you, like, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, and, like, how you should feel. And we'll, uh, we'll get into that a little bit. But first, reason to celebrate. Um, we are listened to in over 50 different countries, and we just picked up a new one today. Oh, snap. For the first time ever, the Smoke Pit podcast was listened to. Drum roll, please. <laughs> I, I, I said drum roll, not your clit technique. Like, well, <laughs> rolling your R's I thought on the magic a little bean. I thought it was going to come out a little harder than that. Like, <laughs> It's been a long time since I've been doing, doing beatboxing. So for the first time ever, the Smoke Pit Podcast was listened to in the country of the People's Republic of Atropia. 
Oh, snap. Uh-huh. And that was a know, much better snap than I was giving you before. <laughs> but, yeah, so if, if you do want to know more about it, go to www.atropia.us, the People's Republic of Atropia, the most powerful nation on Earth, according to them, defeated by the U.S. Army. <laughs> Just looking at their Instagram, uh, Atropia official. Defeated by the U.S. Army? Several times, apparently. That should be a big oof on their part. Yeah, the most legendary battles by the most legendary warriors the U.S. has ever produced uh, in the country of Atropia. They actually have super cool deployment patches, which will probably get you smoked by uh, one of your your sergeants, but it'll be totally worth it. And let's face it, after COVID, you guys need a good smoking. No, for real. And uh, (laughs) totally worth it. So check them out. Uh, We also got, you know, almost day one sponsor, uh, Combat Home Over. Dot com use smoke pit uh, for your promo code save some money on pomade beer oil for your hair and your face i got that shit in my hair right now oh yeah yeah i came down here yesterday because i washed my hair because i was gonna go get a haircut and then i didn't have time and i had a place to be so i was like uh i know the sponsor sent us some i'm just gonna steal that out of the box <laughs> that's why well, you look so goddamn handsome right now i i got fussed at like uh, an old lady was like you know if you're not gonna take him i will and i was like hey, hey. <laughs> nice we also got the Nut Ruck by Arbor Arms, a tactical fanny pack for your nuts and your butts. You can actually carry your pistol in there, too. You could also carry your, uh, what do you call them, your antibiotics in case you have um, conditions you picked up on leave. <laughs> we also uh, got Hollywood Powder Company, which is hollywoodpowderco.com. They do uh, gym chalk, which is super great if you're getting ready for the new APFT and you're working on your deadlifts and, you know, you're... You know, trying to make sure that you get the grip for, you know, the hundreds of pounds that you're going to be repping. They also have uh, body powder, and so that way your balls ain't stinky. Because you don't want to go in the gym with the first gym session of the new year, you know, because of COVID and all that. Yeah. And just just wiping your sweaty sack all over those fucking fresh pieces of equipment. Not only that, but, like, I know if, like, at least 10% of you fucks are going to be, like, try to use Memorial Day to get laid. Like, oh, my God, I'm so sad about my dead friends. Uh, give me a blowjob garbage and you don't want your balls stinking you don't want your feet stinking you know that's that's fair i mean if she's gonna give you a pity sadness blowjob the least you could do is not stank up the joint honestly the least you can do (laughs) the very least the very least like i'm out of my shower where all i did was wash my pits and my crotch and i'm gonna throw some powder at my junk so that being said uh now the shameless plugs of our sponsors are over um as we are one to do we gave ourselves a a magnificent transition in today's topic (laughs) So there are various ways that people are going to observe Memorial Day. Uh, we try not to say celebrate because somebody with a, a beer belly and a t-shirt two sizes too small will leave some very angry comments. Angry Facebook veteran. <laughs> <laughs> but so, you know, there's a lot of people out there celebrating, uh, observing, whatever the case is. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what we've seen, what we do. AJ, take it away. Well, um, on the spot, on the spot, as usual, how, <laughs> how else to start? Um, so I've, I've had a couple of conversations about this recently and, um, there was some civilians I was hanging out with and one of them was like, yeah, I'm going to go to a barbecue. I was like, I'm going to celebrate the dead friends that I have that, you know, at least they made it that far. And I wasn't trying to be a jerk, but it just kind of <laughs> slipped out of me. Uh, it's one of those things where for people who don't understand its purpose, like they have a general kind of idea, but it doesn't really click for them right like if you've never been in a car accident you're not really as worried about a car accident so it's one of those things where once you've experienced combat and you've seen and you've lost people 
Like that's the part where it really kind of hits you. And the thing for me for Memorial Day is if you want to go barbecue, go barbecue. If you want to go do like go to the gym, go go on a hike, uh, like a real hike or, you know, a basic white girl hike. Either way is fine. You know, you're getting some some PT in. Um, For me, the thing I enjoy the most about uh, enjoy is probably the wrong word. But the thing I, I appreciate the most about Memorial Day is I have memory problems. Like I remember everything I've ever seen and everything I've ever read, but there's so many books in the library at this point, And whoever's taking care of that place just kind of hucks shit all over the fucking it's joint. It's you. You're the custodian. Exactly. Exactly. My point. Right. So Man, that guy sure runs a loose ship. <laughs> I, mean, I come in, I read a book about like this thing that happened to me in kindergarten. And I'm like, Oh, well that book was fun. And then I just eat that shit into the stacks right next to the, the goosebumps. Oh, I have some goose stuff for you, by the way. Oh, my God. And yes, it's definitely next to the goosebumps. And the Choose Your Own Adventure books, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. You're quite famous for that. That's that's it. So um, the thing the thing that I appreciate about Memorial Day is there's it's kind of a time to stop and think, uh, you know, try to remember their faces and try to remember the dumb shit they used to do. And like um, I had a friend of mine that, that passed on my first deployment and he was such an absolute goon. And I fucking loved him for it. And every once in a while, like a piece of information that I gained solely from knowing him pops in my head. And I'm just like, fuck yeah, man. Good job. What was this young man's name? Stephen Phillips. Good old Stephen Phillips. The uh, the ass man from our first deployment, Assault Men, which um, for those of you who don't know, they're the specialists in uh, rockets and demolition, blasting caps, and just overall, you know, the, the real smart grunts. Yeah, smart grunt is exactly the way to describe it. Yeah, he was pretty cool. He was one of our senior guys, and uh, he he wasn't like a dick about it though. He was like the kind of dude that you could have like a conversation with and bullshit, and he was a good guy. He used to love acid cigars, so every once in a while we got a, a mail drop. There'd be a box in there, and so we'd sit outside the hooch in uh, what was it fucking old Ubaidi. We were stuck in that little shithole down by the river. Yeah. And we'd just sit outside of our shithole and smoke a cigar and pretend like we weren't in the middle of goddamn nowhere. <laughs> he uh, he was attached to my fire team in uh, Steel Curtain. And uh, so I, I spent a lot of time shoulder to shoulder with him, which is kind of like a very intimate way of getting to know someone. You know, you know, I, I have a good story. I'll make it fast because I know we got a lot of stuff to cover. But um, there's a picture that exists of him because we had a combat photographer and a combat videographer. And there's this picture of him looking like an absolute war dog. And he's holding his shotgun and he's looking like high speed. And you can see like like all the Marines in the background and whoever did the, the photo work was just great. But the thing that always cracks me up about that picture is, yes, he looks like a war dog. But the whole reason he's standing like that is because he had just set off an eight ball. Which is like you take a six C four and you cut it into eight sections, and you use each section can be just big enough to blow a lock out of a out of a metal door. So we just put this this eight ball on a door that we needed to get access to. He sets the charge, comes around the corner, and he's like, "Control dead ten seconds," and we all repeat it. And then he goes, "Fuck!" And we were all thinking, "Hey, this is funny." So we all screamed, "Fuck!" Too, as if that was another part of the command. Yeah. But he had forgotten his shotgun up against the door, so we had to run <laughs> back and grab it. And when he like came around the corner with it just as the explosion was about to go off that's when the guy took the picture and the funniest thing about that is we'll 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 get this up on on instagram and facebook for uh for memorial day but he's actually standing right behind me in the picture 
and I'm just cropped out of frame. And then in the very back, if you see this tall, long-legged ass bitch facing the opposite <laughs> direction, that's AJ. That is me. And while, while I did get a couple of good photos out of that uh, that whole set scenario, yeah, like most of the good action shots like that, I'm like I'm in six different pictures in the Marine Corps Museum. I'm just always facing the wrong way, <laughs> <laughs> or like like I'm out of frame just barely, or I'm like faded out in the background. Yeah. So we uh yeah he. He's got that legendary picture, and yeah, he was he was a good guy. He was one of the uh, the the three guys our company lost that deployment, and it's it's kind of gotten to the point now where, you know, after all the years have gone by, um, I feel like we've we've lost more friends to suicide than we did to combat operations, which is uh, kind of a hard thing to process because it's like, you know. There's some people out there that have qualms as to whether or not, you know, those uh, service members should also be included in Memorial Day. And I mean, I feel like, you know, if, if, if you, you did something like that as a direct result of the demons that you picked up overseas, then it was just, you know, a prolonged wound is basically what it was. And it's un, it's unfortunate because like it kind of gets to the point where like, you know, you, you feel bad because you start to forget, you know, little details and people's names and their faces. And it just kind of got to the point where it became too much. Yeah, it gets to the point. And, and it's like even thinking about Phillips, like one of the things in preparation for this podcast, I was sitting there thinking about this when I was making a sandwich up in the kitchen. And I was just like trying to remember what his face looked like. And I can remember all kinds of funny things about him. And there is that picture, which which helps. But I tried to remember like the details, right? Like again, like I said earlier, the the dumb shit people would do, or like someone crack a joke that like ten years later pops into your head. And the the real sticking point of it is, yeah, we we have probably lost a dramatically larger portion of people that we knew due to suicide or some kind of chronic illness that they've picked up over the years. Yeah. Uh, things like toxic exposure or you know, drunk driving or motorcycle accidents. And drug use. Drug use, yeah. It's uh, it's unfortunate because you know, here we are. We're, you know, we're in our mid-30s, and although we're still relatively young men, um, it feels like a lifetime has passed since those, those first combat deployments, you know? You start sitting there trying to do the math, right? Like uh, I was updating my resume a couple weeks ago because I was – in the field that I work, you don't get promotions. You get CLIN changes, contract line item numbers. So, like, yes, it's a promotion in the sense that you get a title bump and you get more money, but you're just switching from one job to another from the government's perspective. And so you have to reapply every time. And I'm updating my, my resume, and it said something like uh, 15 years of this, that, and the other. And I was like, well, shit, now it's 17 years. i got to update that. And you're thinking about the math on it, and you think, we went to... I went to boot camp in 2004, so I went in combat in 2005, and now it's 2021, my guy. No, here, this will blow your fucking mind. Uh, last night, I uh, threw on the Friends reunion, which I was never really, like, a massive uh, fan of the show, but it was something to watch, you know? Like, it did give me some good yucks back in the 90s, and they're like, yeah, the last episode aired in 2004, and now it's been 17 years uh, since... Uh, the the last episode, and they brought the cast out, and they just look so old, so old. Especially compared to like you know the 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 intro credits. And I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, damn, that's how much time has passed since you know I I joined the military. I was watching uh, an old episode of the X Files, and it was like season eight, 
and this random actress came out. She was a doctor and she was going to like, somebody was dying and she like sticks her with some epi or whatever. And I looked at this actress and I was like, oh fuck, that's Denise Crosby. And Denise Crosby was the original security officer from Star Trek The Next Generation back in the 80s. She only lasted like a season because she said the set sucked and all that other stuff. But I'm just looking at Denise Crosby and I'm like, man, she looks old as fuck. Like, still looks good. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not judging. But like, you could tell some years have passed. And that show was in like early 2000s at this point. And I'm just yeah. like, fuck, I got to start using moisturizer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, the years start coming and they don't stop coming. Uh, Smash Mouth tried to warn us. We just didn't we listen. We just didn't listen. <laughs> just didn't listen. So we all have the ways that we kind of reflect on uh, what's going on. So one of the things that I used to do was, uh, you know, I'd go back and I, you know, I'd look at pictures. I'd, you know, try to remember a story about each one of them. Depending on where I was, I might go to like a cemetery and like, you know, try to clean a, a headstone or something. And as time has passed, I, I've gotten such a different perspective about this because. You know, in kind of like uh, thinking about going up to D.C. this weekend and, you know, going to visit like the Vietnam War Memorial. I remember going there as a child and like this is this is how much you don't understand when you're like a kid, you know, like like in your entire perspective of the world is what you see on, you know, TV or in, you know, in comic books. And so my uh, adopted dad had served in uh, the Vietnam era. I think he was in one of the Southeast Asian uh, countries. He, he worked on like F4 Phantom bombers. And so I don't think he was in Vietnam, but he was you know in the area. And so I remember just being like a little shit as a kid, right? And so <laughs> I, I went there for whatever trip and I was like, oh, you know, it's going to be totally funny if I try to prank him. And so I found his first name on the wall and I like etched it with a pencil on like a little piece of paper. Then I found his last name and I etched it behind it. And then when I got back home, I gave him that. I'm like, yeah, hey, are you sure you didn't die in Vietnam? Like, I found your name on the wall, bro. And, like, I thought it was just like, ah, you're a ghost, you know, like, got him. <laughs> and, like, I look back at it now, and it's still hilarious. Um, <laughs> even more so now that I have more of a morbid sense of humor. Fair. Yeah, but at the time, I'm like, if, like, imagine if they put up, like, a, an Iraq War memorial, you know, and, like, my kid came to me, you know, in, like, 10, 15 years, like, ah, you sure you didn't die in Iraq? And I'm like, well, part of me did, son. I got him. I got him. <laughs> then I kick him down the stairs. <laughs> As my man Tupac said, yeet or get yotin, and then just throw him out the front door. Yeah, and so, like, there is a little bit of embarrassment, like, man, I really did not understand what the fuck, like, you know, military service meant and sacrifice and... And all that. And now that I'm a little older, I understand how some people get real defensive. I, I posted this meme about like, you know, JROTC cadets uh, about to educate civilian pukes on the differences between Memorial Day and Veteran Day. I had a hearty <laughs> laugh. Good, sir. <laughs> and, you know, it's all in good fun. But, you know, there are, are people that are a little bit more defensive about it because, you know, the wounds are a little closer. And I guess I was just really fortunate in the fact that the closest people to me that did pass away, they always had just like a real good sense of humor about things. They were very realistic about the possibility of them dying. It was always something that was known among the grunts that like, hey, any day you could catch one between the running lights. And I try to think like, you know, how, how would I want people to spend Memorial Day if I had been, you know, the one? What if, if I had zigged instead of zagged and, you know, gotten popped or blown up? Well, if I didn't work for the government, it would be Taco Bell and marijuana. <laughs> I feel like that would probably be two out of three of the things that you would enjoy me doing the most. 
yeah, I, I would want all the homies to either, you know, have a beer or, you know, a chalupa, perhaps a thick woman or two or dude, whatever they're into, you know? Yeah, 2021, my guy. Yeah, and, you know, as long as they're thick, you know? <laughs> Thickness is not a gender-based concept. Nope, not at all. <laughs> and that's how I, I would want to be, like, memorialized, you know? I I'd, was always kind of terrified of the idea of just, like, a little picture of me being, you know, like a little eight by not even eight by ten, like a four by six. <laughs> a picture of me just being on a, a mantle somewhere next to a folding flag, and like, okay, like that's my legacy forever. And so I, I try to like everything that we do here in the smoke pit and through Pop Smoke Media. You know, we try to continue to live on for you know the people who aren't around. So part of that is giving ourselves a good quality of life. Part of that is education. Part of that is continuing to say their names and. Um, educate the public about the sacrifices that were made and the people that didn't come home because I know that Memorial Day is about the people who didn't make it back and Veterans Day about the people who did but at the same time like we're still here I don't personally think that Memorial Day should just be something that you know you just like prostrate yourself whip yourself and you know just like it's supposed to be a shitty day like it's okay to smile and have fun on Memorial Day you know I feel like it's one of those things where if they're going to sacrifice, if, if a person, if, if it was me, right, if I sacrifice myself for the greater good and, you know, I had not intended necessarily to sacrifice myself, but understood that was a possibility and something had happened and I was gone, um, I would definitely not want people sitting around being sad about it. But I do like the concept of, I think, I forget, Dan will probably correct me on this, but um, someone said you are you exist as long as there's still someone alive who remembers your name. No correction from me. Okay, so really, that's kind of it. Like, I can keep, I could do my best as a person who's still here to keep them alive by remembering their name and telling stories and trying to live my life a little bit like they would. Like yeah. every once in a while, I'm like. I'm going to go have a cigar and say something really intellectual that I'm going to eventually have to quantify. Like that's, that's my gift to Phillips. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, a lot of us kind of uh, commemorate our, our fallen brothers and sisters through, you know, raised glasses or ink on our skin and various different ways. I know, um, you know, as long as I'm still in one piece, when I hit the, uh, the um, medical examiner's table, you know, if they're <laughs> best case scenario, I'm like 102, uh, and you know, I pass away peacefully of natural causes, and I'm on the you know the uh, I'm I'm having they're doing the autopsy because they're like, man, all the trauma that he went through, it is a miracle that he survived this long. Like we gotta see what about his body made this medical marvel possible. They do the first Y incision, and as soon as they open you up, there's like some intern there that just passes out like how could he exist with all this damage the inside just looks like a car accident they're like how in the how the fuck it's like when they split open like a, a bull shark and it's like a license plate <laughs> a yo-yo <laughs> that's exactly what you, they find like a chalupa wrapper and they're like how the fuck did this get in here and we're like my man's didn't slow down to chew like they pull the rib cage back and it says sponsored by taco bell and they're like damn <laughs> dedication yeah, and so, you know, I, I got a pretty big script, which is a, a poem on my back that I wrote after my fourth deployment, and, you know, kind of memorial to, to all of, um, you know, the friends that we lost behind and left behind. And so the idea is that, like, even when, like, the, you know, whoever is, you know, preparing me for burial, 
Like, even if they see that tattoo, like, that's just, like, one more person who will, you know, become kind of aware of the, the legend of the, you know, the, the Marines that were sent to Iraq and Afghanistan. And that's, that's kind of part of it, too, is, you know, what have you done to become a legend today? <laughs> you know, how, um, how, how are you living in such a way that people will want to commemorate your life when you pass on? So uh, what, what kind of things are, uh, do you f- see your friends doing that are like good ways to you know, spend Memorial Day? Because at the end of the day, like, you know, we, we want to keep it a little lighthearted. Like we spend enough fucking time being depressed on our own that it's just like <laughs> Memorial Day comes around and like everybody's looking at you like be depressed. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm so sad. They're like, <laughs> give um, me a blowjob. You're just sitting in the chair, right? They're like, oh, be depressed, be sad. And you're like. I'm sorry. Is that supposed to be different from every other day? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, like, did, did I? Get not, I mean, today's today is Monday. Like, what? What? Isn't that what we do, anyways? I will say, and this is a little sidebar, and then I'll go into something happy. Uh, so, I was talking to my mom last night, and uh, we were talking. My dad um, had to get a pacemaker put in a, a day or two ago, and um, allegedly it was a last minute thing. But I think he's just being a grumpy old cuss, like he usually is. And, but I was talking to my mom last night. We just got into all kinds of different stuff. And we're talking about generally happy things. And, and at some point, I was getting off the phone. And I was like, hey, I got to go, you know, live my life, do some stuff. And, and she goes, if you need anything, give me a call. And if you, if you, like, need me to drive up there, I'll drive up there. And it's like a 20-hour drive from where she lives. And I was like, um, you could, like, fly up here like a normal person and hang. Uh, and then it, like, occurred to me what she was saying. I was like, don't worry. If someone needs to, if someone needs to get popped, it's not going to be me. <laughs> like, yeah, I I got things to work through, but yeah, you know, I always like to focus my rage externally rather than internally. No, that's um, no, that's a fair point. And when you have uh, feelings of guilt or blame, and you're you know you're looking you know for some place to lay them, um, I found a lot of people recently have just kind of been you know wondering you know what was it all for, you know what was all the sacrifices we made, all the personal trauma, all the friends we left behind, like. What was it all for? Particularly because, like, yeah, a year or two after, um, you know, we started kind of doing like big drawdowns. Like, we lost cities like Fallujah and Sangin and like some of these the worst places in Iraq and Afghanistan as far as like casualties and fighting. And then Al Qaeda or ISIS or the Taliban will have you know retaken it. We kind of ask ourselves, like, you know, what was it for? I'm gonna see a lot of things. I think we we'll, we'll all see a lot of things that are gonna develop over the next couple of decades as a direct result of what happened uh with operation iraqi freedom and operation enduring freedom but one of the things that kind of saves me from that particular uh area of guilt is that while i have all the cool kick and door in stories i also have a lot of things that i remember that we did that positively impacted people's lives like they would have yeah nothing would have changed for them at all had i not existed in a negative way but being there facilitated positive impacts in their life. Yeah, because, you know, you, you do hear some horror stories. And I was very lucky that in the unit that I, that AJ and I were in, we kind of had like a very good moral code when it came to civilians and, you know, holding back and not trying to cause collateral damage and not trying to cause uh, civilian casualties. And we, we did our absolute damnedest. And, you know, we try to go out of our way to treat casualties that were civilians and, you know, protect them and, not light up buildings uh, with with missiles that that you know we thought civilians may be in, but rather go through the door ourselves and you know risking our own lives. And it's um, 
it, it was kind of like one of the few things that I have like a lot of really good pride in is the fact that like I know that we did our best. You know, I know that, you know, we we uh, we kind of did it the right way. Like we legitimately were the good guys in our scenario. Like we weren't those units that you see that like you're just shitty to civilians for no reason besides they're just, you know, they were taught to hate. Yeah, we we definitely I, I know for a fact the, for the best you can ever know in a combat scenario. I know for a fact I never smoked anybody that didn't deserve it. Yeah, anybody I ever shot at was armed and facing me, you know, and uh, like Malcolm Reynolds. Yeah, exactly what popped <laughs> in my head. If I ever have beef with you, you'll be on your feet and you'll be armed and you'll be facing me. <laughs> and so, you know, that, that that's something that kind of does give me a lot of pride in the fact that, you know, we, you know, we did our best over there. And then, you know, you get back and you see a lot of these veterans get screwed over. And, you know, we did lose a lot of brother, brothers and sisters to uh, mental health issues and various uh, physical ailments that were developed over there. And I kind of had this, I started to have this sneaking suspicion that the government really didn't care about me. Really? And, you don't say. And you know what kind of really started that? The existence of the government? <laughs> I was like, maybe the government wouldn't have sent me to Fallujah if they cared about me. I mean, that's a fair point. That's, yeah. And I'm also starting to think that uh, in sometime in the late 90s, uh, the government was like, you know what? If we can just brainwash like 1% of millennials, we can just get rich off of war. Just make that shit last for like 20, 30 years, you know? I heard recently, and this comes from a, a source that's a little dubious. Uh, the, I believe his statistics were correct. Wait, like scooby dooby dubious or... Um, well, he definitely has some Scooby-Doo about him. I'm talking about Jordan Peterson. Okay, so right? like cheeky dubious. Like, I'm going to try to make all of my claims seem like they're valid because yeah. I'm going to appeal to the population of cis white males who think that everything's against them all the time because, God forbid, they ever change. And his statistics, one of the things you get from people like that, I'm not just trying to shit on that one guy, but... A lot of times you hear people talk and, and they'll they'll give you the statistic and they'll follow it up with like a thing that sounds reasonable to your demographic. Yeah. And then you go, okay, well, you got to think, who is he talking to, right? Like, I'm not going to name names, but there's certain news organizations that when you watch them, you go, okay, who is this targeted for? Because it's not me. Like, why why is my news information being, being warped to sound like something that... I would want to hear if and I so was... And so what did he say, man? Well, he said that... <laughs> Start the, to turn turn to conspiracy podcast. D- no, uh, that's a different show. Um, so the thing he said is that the, the army has uh, like a cutoff for IQ, right? Like I think 80, it's like 83 or 86 uh, IQ is like at the lowest they'll go and still take you. And for those of you who may not know, 100 is average. Like the usual walking around, you know, just existing as a fine upstanding citizen is 100. So 83 is pretty low. Like, you can be pretty dumb and still get in the Army. And again, that's not crapping on the Army. Um, but, you know, you're not always going to get, not every person that joins the Marine Corps is a Mensa candidate. So yes, you, you can't, my, my theory on this is you can't be dumb and be in the armed forces. Nobody says you had to be a physics major, but you can't remember that many acronyms and be good at your job if you're dumb. So yeah, it's a fair point. So there's a difference, obviously, between your uh, like intellectual intelligence and like functional intelligence. Like my dad used to tell me all the time, he goes, "You're the dumbest smart person I know," because I would fuck up simple shit and I'd be able to do like complicated stuff real easy. Oh no, I totally agree with that. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, 
so like obviously that's there's differences there but one of the points he was trying to make and this is one of the few points in which i agree is you know he said 83 or 86 whatever the iq is he goes the army wanted to make sure that they had personnel right you have to have bodies and it's not to say that the armed forces isn't a very good equalizer on the socioeconomic platform like if you got nothing all you have to do is get into the army and do well and you can get out of the army and you know you're going to be in a much better place than you were before and that's great right but what does this have to do with brainwashing millennials i'm getting to that okay (laughs) but here's the thing like you you pop out of the army or the marine corps or the navy or whatever and you got in you got a little bit of a boost right let's say now you you were lower class and now you're middle class and you're like okay middle class sounds okay but what if middle class is dope if you grew up poor like well yeah but i'm saying like the middle class ain't what it used to be is my point like i don't have an like i don't have enough money that like mob bosses are coming after me you know what i mean but i have a lot more money than i did when my family was bankrupt well we're working on it thanks war (laughs) but think about this right for what they gave you what did they get in return because the government a lot of access to my butthole Pretty much. The yeah. government the government never spends money unless they expect to get something in return. So, and and every, there's something you told me one time, right? Every transaction is somebody trying to get fucked and, or somebody trying to fuck somebody else. In every transaction, somebody's getting screwed in that arrangement. Yeah, more or less. And it may not necessarily be like, from a bird's eye view, you can like look at something, but somebody has to feel... Like, what they're gaining is worth more than what they're giving. Otherwise, why do it, you know? Exactly. So that's that's the government, right? And it may not even be the armed forces. You look at the Department of Defense, they're just trying to do their jobs. But the Department of Defense is part of the U.S. government. So the government's not going to give you anything unless they think you're getting something better. Okay, so... <laughs> is that why they brainwashed 1% of our generation? So you could just fight this forever war? yes. Did you ever see? I didn't. I didn't get to fight a single fucking Balrog the entire time I was in the Marine Corps. Yeah. Not once did I put on a, a set of old plate mail, play a chess game, and then get struck by lightning. Bro, that was the barracks like the third Tuesday of every month. Oh, you were on the working party. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking not one Balrog fight. <laughs> I'm so. I'm still pissed about that. Like. I'm going through the process of getting my VA claim put in, right? And, Finally. And every single time I leave an appointment, they're just like, and now they're using civilian contractors, which is kind of cool because you get like, you don't get some government doctor that's just like, yeah, yeah, whatever, pussy. Like, puts out a Marlboro on your chest and tells you to get the fuck out, <laughs> right? <laughs> I get like these very sweet civilians that are like, oh my God, that happened to you? And I'm like, yeah, man, that was Tuesday. <laughs> and so, but every time I leave one of those appointments and I go, okay, I got two appointments left. I got one appointment left. I got another appointment left because they changed it. I just think, you know, I I don't want the money. I just want the fucking Balrog fight I was promised. Honestly, it's just that simple, you know? It really is. I'll, I'll take the fucked up back and I'll take the fucked up knees and the tinnitus and the PTSD and the sleep apnea. Like, I'll snore for the rest of my life. Just let me fight the fucking Balrog. Just the Balrog, you know? I stab it in the chest, I become an officer. That should be how you what you have to do. Like, throw out the whole idea of getting a bachelor's degree to be an yeah. officer. You have to fight a fire demon. Okay. I figure if you fight a fire demon and win, you, you can't be a bitch. Yeah, I, I get that. I feel like 
if you fight a fire demon and win, like you should be the dude who carries like the machine gun, like John Bassalone. You know, I, I'm not sure if you'd be like good as uh, a logistics lieutenant. You know, I mean, you never know. He, like he he logistics his way through it, right? <laughs> he was like, okay, before I go into this Balrog fight, I'm gonna look up his stats. Yeah. Right. Okay. So the Balrog's like 30 and 0, but he's got a, like a high. He's got a fucking hard right hook. But he always leaves his left down, and so you stab him in the left eye with that Mameluke sword, and he goes down, yeah. and you're like, yeah, I just logistics the shit out of that. Good leaders think tactically. Great leaders think logistically. Exactly. <laughs> so um, we kind of got sidetracked a little bit, but yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's the, that's the people do. come here for. Yeah, so I, I legitimately think that, you know, uh, Toby Keith is pretty culpable in it, you know, with all his, like, patriot uh, country anthems if a FOIA request doesn't come out to say that he was on the government's payroll I will be <laughs> mightily surprised yeah so uh as we move forward I think it's important for now that a lot of us are kind of entering into our lives we're a little bit more settled uh, we have to become more involved in activism uh you know, here within the next few years I know I'm going to start looking into public uh, office I've already held one public office that I got sworn into. I did a four-year term. My term ended, uh, I think, back in February. It it wasn't anything super important. Like, I was a member of a committee for a city council in the city that I was, uh, my last city where I got stationed at. Yep, and 64 is still a goddamn disaster area. (laughs) Hey, that wasn't my committee, okay? (laughs) So I technically do have four years of uh, public service on my record. Nothing to brag about. Uh, It wasn't nearly as cool I, mean, I think saying it was probably more effort than i actually put in the position <laughs> did you but, now not to, not to be an ass or anything but i kind of remember you like poking your head over the guardrail one day from from upstairs like i was coming to the living room and you were like hey you know uh i'm not a city council member anymore and i was like what and he goes yeah like as of a week ago i totally forgot about that shit well i wasn't a city council member i was a member of a committee that was uh, formed by city council oh okay but i did have to like take an oath that i wouldn't abuse my office <laughs> and did you abuse your office no well there you go you did your job the one the one politician who wasn't corrupt daniel <laughs> a sharp <laughs> you should put that on your slogan when you run for senate yeah just be like daniel arthur sharp least corrupt oh god do you remember when uh australia like a year ago and i think i was a little uh a little wonky from uh just kind of like jet lag and time zones and stuff like that and i made a meme it was just like a very stoic picture of you looking out the window and it was like vote for papa Feff or you have the big gay (laughs) (laughs) you broke the computer (laughs) (laughs) i heard it go out (laughs) it wasn't me i didn't do so yeah, I've been trying to convince AJ to run for office for uh, for a minute now. But uh, point being is that as we're getting older, like it's important for us to get into office because you know you have all these people who, when they first started their political career, like fax machines weren't even a thing yet, but yet they're the ones making all the decisions for us. And There's it's a like, guy who legitimately voted against the Civil Rights Act, and then he didn't retire until like 2010, 2015, something like that. Yeah, it's like. Bro, your whole career has been being an asshole. Yeah, and so it's like if we're going to leave a better future for our kids than our parents and grandparents left for us, then it's like, you know, we have to be a little bit more proactive, if you will, particularly as the world is so rapidly changing and evolving with technology and, you know, complex uh, political situations and power dynamics and all this stuff. Like, we, we're, we're going to have to do a better job. We're going to have to be more responsible. And at the very least, if you don't want to run for office, like, you got to pay attention to voting records. You got to 
uh, write your representatives, email them, call them, go visit their office. Because at the end of the day, like, don't get me wrong, like I love slaying bodies as a grunt. I love fucking kicking down doors. I love being on the fucking trigger. I love being fucking player one. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love the fact that they'd drop me off in a Humvee or a helicopter and it'd be like, all right, me versus this entire fucking town, you know? But at the end of the day, like, when I'm also fucking espresso depresso over my dead friends, I'm like, ah, maybe <laughs> war isn't such a great thing, you know? And it it seems to me that, like, any any time where you get to the point where use of force is necessary, in some way you've already lost just a little bit. Yeah. And the way to fix that problem is to have people in office that make moral decisions, right, that do the best they can to make the system better for everyone. Because the system's going to fuck you. That's the way it is, right? It, every government that's ever existed ever on the planet has fucked somebody just because it profited them or just because they felt like it. Yeah. And the only way to stop that is to be, to be in there. After my first two tours, I was like, man, this shit's fucking sucky. Like war and getting screamed at. Like I've been through two wars and I'm still coming back and getting screamed at about, why didn't you, how come your room's dirty? But like, I just got back from PT. Bitch, that's no excuse. I should be able to lick your floor. And I'm like, okay. Ooh, what kind of kinky shit you into, Gunny? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm stuck step first, Sergeant. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you gotta, the, the only way to ever really get substantive change is to stay in the system in order to adjust it, right? Make tweaks. Yeah. And that's what my second my second deployment was. When we, or not second deployment, second tour. When I signed up to reenlist, I went to TBS and uh, and Dan went with me. And it's one of those things where we were like, okay, so where can we affect the leadership from the top down with at the position we're at? And it's like easy. Teach boot officers how to not suck so unbelievably hard. And you're not going to reach all of them, but I feel like there's enough that we reached that we made some substantive change, like. The butterfly effect may have kicked in to where yeah. ten years from now, one of one of our students might end up being commandant, and and he'll be like, "Man, Sergeant Sharp absolutely reared me over the coals for this dumb shit I did. Maybe I should not like try to improve morale by making it harder to get promoted." Yeah, and so it's you know it's important for us to do that, and it's important for us to shepherd you know, the the community as we move forward because you have the active duty military side and then you have the veteran side. So that being said, you know, I I know we're all going to celebrate in our own way. Some of us are going to, you know, celebrate. Some of us are going to sit in quiet reflection with a glass of scotch. Either way, as long as you're not hurting anyone, do your thing. Uh, don't let anybody put you down. Don't bully other people for their ideas just because you don't feel like they're, you know, being morose enough uh, for your likings. I mean, the reason why our friends died is to provide the liberties for people to be able to live however they want. Yeah, just try to go out there in the world and not be a piece of shit. Yeah, so that being said, we'll see you next time here in the Smoke Pit. Bye!